0: Force. Its purpose to defend human freedom against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe!
1: Wake up, wake up, 502 is going down on a beautiful Saturday morning in the Ville, WXVW, Big X Sports Radio. I know I just took y'all back a little bit. <laughs> with that G.I. Joe will save the day and that's what we do every morning here on Wake Up 502. Come to save the day we're going to fight until the battle is won it is going down y'all this is your boy Rashad Myers taking care of you here in the palatial studios of Big X Sports Radio over here in uh, beautiful Jeffersonville Southern Indiana um, joining me soon will, as always will be the man, the myth, the legend himself Mr. H to the Izzo, Haven Harrington uh, the third, as well as at their boys, good Joe Kelly. Uh, we have so much to get into today. Um, very, very excited about this show. Um, you know, got a lot of information. It's it's so funny. Uh, just even though, you know, classically it's it's basketball season right now. And, of course, there's so much uh, news to get into with, with basketball, even with Louisville going um, through <laughs> – Uh, To say a rough season is to put it lightly, um, but, you know, there's information on that. Josh Hurd came out, uh, the Louisville Athletic Director, and made some comments about Louisville basketball. Um, So we're going to get into that. Uh, Louisville football, there's more news for them as uh, Flyville 23 begins to make their way to campus. A lot of those guys um, got here in town to start classes on Monday. Um, So, you know, we have that going on. Uh, Those guys are making their presence felt in the city already. So we're going to get into that. And then, of course, so many things going on uh, in the NBA and the NFL. And I want to touch on some of those things. Also, Lamar Jackson, uh, putting everybody on notice for what's going on with him to kind of silence the critics. And silenced some of the rhetoric and talk that was out there um, that I thought was interesting. So we're going to talk about that uh, and much, much more going on here uh, on Wake Up 502. So definitely uh, am glad that you jo- are joining me. Of course, if you want to get involved in anything that you hear today, um, you can of course best way to give give us uh, get involved is on the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Um, of course, we appreciate Thornton's for all they do at, at any of the 106,345 locations here in Louisville and Southern Indiana. Uh, you know, So make sure you check out Thornton's. Go, go there for the best in food, gas, snacks. Uh, everything uh, is good at Thornton, so make sure you check them out. Uh, Or you can also, of course, give us a call on the Wake Up 502 buzz line. Uh, That's 502-384-1450 as well. And we would love to hear your calls. Uh, But until uh, the the, the fellas hop on here with me, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get this thing rolling, man. I have so many thoughts about what's going on with the – the state of Louisville basketball, um, you know, that <laughs> it's one of those funny things. Of course, um, Louisville did uh, fall, unfortunately, again, um, on the road at Clemson Little John Arena in Clemson, South Carolina. They did go uh, on the road. Uh, they, they tried to make the game, got out to a very nice start. Um, ultimately, they did fall uh, to uh, the, the Clemson Tigers on the road, It it, was a 12-point game or or so. Uh, You know, it pretty much was a replay of what we have seen from this team uh, thus far this year. Uh, Louisville came out of the gates, uh, seemed to click early for about the first five or six minutes. Um, You know, got up to a 16-7 lead uh, to start the game. Got up to that nine-point lead, and then from that point on, I believe it was an 18-2 run by the Tigers to kind of get back into control, uh, went up 40-28, to um, and then from there, pretty much uh, Clemson controlled it, Louisville never really threatened after that, uh, and the Tigers win going away by about 12. Um, Not a huge blowout, um, you know, and (laughs) <laughs> it's it's now starting to be a, a, a recurring theme where I, I keep hearing folks say, "Oh well, you know the the guys at least that they're now playing hard all the time, and at least they're doing that." You know, I I, I have been one. Of course, you guys know that that I ha- I'm not. <laughs> I don't necessarily give extra credit because you played hard. Like it's just not uh, in my. DNA to do so. Um, so you know, I I I can't give bonus points because a, a team played uh, played hard. Uh, you know that that just that that's the minimum standard for playing college basketball. You know, I, I don't care whether you're at Louisville, Murray State, um, Morehead State, uh, Kentucky, Michigan, wherever, Cal Polytechnic Institute. I I, I don't you know like playing a hard. Considering, you know, you're on paid full scholarship, Um, you know, of course, at a place like Louisville, there's a lot of NIL flying around here or there. So, you know, I am not going to give credit while you're happy that now they're at least playing hard the whole game, converse to where they were at the beginning of the year where they weren't playing hard. I guess that's better than what they were doing. But when it's something that you should have been doing already, uh, you know, when I look at it through that lens, I, I can't. You know, give you credit for that. That's expected. Um, You know, that that's something that is a non-negotiable is that you're going to play hard. Um, But, you know, we've continued to see Mike James come out uh, and and play well. He had been averaging 21 and a half points over his previous two before the Clemson game. Um, He goes out and that actually earned him uh, the ACC Rookie of the Week. Uh, honors. Uh, So congratulations uh, to Mike for that. He continued his strong play. uh, 17 points, 5 rebounds uh, in in that game. So it seems like uh, Mike is definitely starting to hit his stride. Of course, he was a guy that before last season uh, with Chris Mack, there was a lot of talk and conversation that Mike James was going to be kind of a, a standout uh, and, and a better than hoped for freshman out of the box. Then, of course, he went down with the tough Achilles injury, and we never got to see him last year. So it's good that Mike has been able to come back um, and you know show flashes, um, and now more consistent play over the last three. Uh, but you know, outside of Mike James, there's just not a lot happening um, consistency-wise. Um, you know, and and that's. Uh, the, the unfortunate part of where we're at. So uh, Louisville did drop to 2-15 and 15 on the year there. I believe they have 14 regular season games left, I want to say. Um, so at, at this point, uh, Louisville, of course, gets back on the court this afternoon, home game 2 p.m. on ESPN, uh, taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, the Tar Heels, um, who themselves are, are going through um, you know, some, some injury issues. And, of course, they have not been playing uh, to the level that they are accustomed and expected to play. Uh, Armando Baycott, uh, the, the um, all-ACC big man, ACC player of the year, um, preseason candidate, um, he went down uh, with an injury. So Louisville will not have to face off against uh, Big Armando. Uh, so that, that is something that at least uh, helps. Uh, a little bit, uh, but North Carolina, of course, they still have that dynamic backcourt of R.J. Davis and Caleb Love. Um, you know those guys are going to do plenty uh, to help uh, with this game. So uh, we'll have to see what happens. You know, this, you know, it, it goes uh, without saying that that Louisville, there's no guarantees in anything. So apparently, the matchup predictor on ESPN uh, shows North Carolina is a 93.1 percent. Uh, Has a 93% chance of winning this game, Uh, so (laughs) I think the Cardinals probably have that that their uh, their work cut out for them anyway. Of course, uh, with that dynamic backcourt as it is for the 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 Tar Heels, uh, they're going to have plenty of uh, options and plenty of firepower uh, to get that done. So you know, I've heard some people ask, "Well, you know, can Louisville win this game today?" and Uh, you know those types of things I mean I I would just rebut and say they went on the road to Charlottesville and even though they didn't beat Virginia they were winning that game and they dominated a good portion of that game before uh, the Wahoos came back in the second half and won that game Uh, so I would just caution by saying that uh, while you know North Carolina is wounded they still have more talent than most out there Uh, so let's just uh Pump the pump the brakes a little bit, you know. They they still have a lot of dudes. Um, Leaky Black is 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 back, even though I you know he was not mentioned. He's been there for seventy five years, and he's the type of dude that just kills Louisville. I believe uh, last year when Louisville played North Carolina, um, he had one of his better games. Um, so you know, North Carolina does still have a ton of weapons and a ton of guys they can go to. They still have four and five star guys all over the place. So yeah, while they they may not have um, Baycott available. Um, it's going to be tough sledding, but you know, if you're a Louisville team, if you've been playing better, um, it is definitely an opportunity. Um, I, I'll say that. Uh, I think that the Cardinals um, are going to attempt to put their best foot forward, um, but you know, I I, I will I, I will just <laughs> reserve my thoughts about that. If if you're wondering uh, if that's going to be something to where I'm going to pick. Uh, Louisville to win the game. Um, yeah, nah, I'm, not, I'm not doing that yet. <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, but, you know, the bigger news or, or the more interesting news, of course, um, is that Louisville's athletic director, uh, Josh Hurd, uh, got the opportunity uh, to speak about uh, the uh, UofL basketball program and kind of the state of the program. And, and I think that. Uh the interesting part about that, of course, um, is that uh, you know, you're getting asked about your your head coach's job seventeen games into the season. Um, you know, I, I think that that's uh that that's the interesting part is that, you know, things are definitely not going well. And that goes without saying. I mean, Louisville, let's not get it twisted. Louisville is currently um literally um, in the process of having the worst season at a power five school ever um that is without like literally um, like I know that that Louisville and California the Golden Bears were in the process in the race to see who was going to get their first win um Louisville of course um, did notch the first win they had currently sit at two and seventeen California has won three games um so that they are you know i don't want to say they turned it around but they've um, at least picked up one additional win. But from a, uh, you know, what do what you say, Kim Palm perspective from, you know, the, the metrics, Louisville is by far the worst team uh, in Power 5 uh, and could end with the lowest rating uh, computer-wise uh, of a Power 5 team since they started tracking the records. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, like I said, they are definitely going through uh, – you know, a, a very tough part. Uh, and some of the, the interesting comments um, that were said by um, uh, the athletic director, um, Josh Hurd, uh, and just uh, in, in commenting on what he said, he says um, after, after the meeting, uh, Hurd did get the chance to speak with the media, media members. He said, as far as uh, supporting Kenny, he said, that's extremely important to me until he does something that says, hey, I don't think um, he should be our basketball coach. I'm going to support him 110%, but I can promise you that he hasn't uh, done one thing that's shown me that he shouldn't be our basketball coach. Now, does that mean any of us are satisfied with two wins? Absolutely not. He said, that. Said, uh, as I said, it is extremely frustrating, and I can assure you it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating to Kenny, it's frustrating to the staff, and it's frustrating to our student-athletes. Yeah, well, I'm glad you could state the obvious. Uh, the obvious uh Josh, I, that that's that, that's correct. Um but the only thing I will say about this because on one hand I understand that the athletic director of course when he comes out in the in the public media in, in the year one of a coach that he hired, uh you know, obviously he's going to come out and he's going to back the guy that he hired because um if he came out and said um, you know, I don't know what Kenny's doing or, or he needs to get together or, you know, he's not going to say anything reckless like that, especially in year one of a guy that he hired. So that, that that's obvious. That's never going to happen. Anybody who thought that Josh Hurt was going to come out in the first opportunity to speak on this basketball team with the most difficult season that they're having, anybody who thought that he would come out and kind of throw Kenny under the bus or, or even say, you know, well, we'll just have to reevaluate the end of the year. That's not going to happen, okay? that That's that's um, athletic directoring 101, okay? You're not going to do that. The only thing that I would necessarily wouldn't have said anything different, um, but I would have just left out. Um, just to say um, – but I can promise you he hasn't done one thing that has shown me that he shouldn't be our basketball coach. That that would be the only part where I wouldn't have said that he's not shown me everything. I would have just left it out because there's <laughs> – to say that he's not done one thing to show me that he isn't the guy. Anytime – a coach is going through what is happening right now, which, of course, in the Power Five, and this actually, truthfully, Power Six, which, you know, is ACC, SEC, Big Ten. We're talking about every school, you know, every Vanderbilt, every Northwestern, every Washington State, every school playing basketball in the Power Six conferences, which is, uh, you know, the, the Power Five plus the Big East. Nobody has ever started a season as bad as Louisville has. So to say that there's not been anything to give you one iota, okay, I can believe that you trust and believe that Kenny Payne can be the dude, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. But to say that he hasn't done one thing to give you any pause at all, um, I just I would not have worded it like that. I I just would have just said, you know, I fully support him and I think he's still the right guy for the job. I would have just left it that. But to say that he hasn't done one thing. If there's everybody has had pause. Even the people that will sit there and lie to you and tell you that they think that everything that they've done has been great and everything that, you know, that Kenny Payne's gonna get it done and he's gonna get us there. To say that you've been okay with everything you've seen. That's just – that's – I'm going to have to call you on that one. That's just not – you can't. Like, you you just can't really believe that everything that you've seen is okay. Like, and I I understand you can't come out and say that, but I would just not say it. I know you want to show a united front and show faith in your basketball coach. And, and look, at the end of the day, if things don't get better – there's going to be conversations had at the end of the year. I'm sure that, especially with some of our, um, you know, big ticket donors, I t- you know, we've talked previously about some of the, the, the donors that we have. There's been a lot of unhappiness and a lot of conversations about is this the guy, is this what we need to be doing right now, have been going on. So, you know, I'm sure that some of those folks have probably uh, been blowing up uh, uh, Josh Hurd's uh, <laughs> private line. So, I mean, I think that's part of it. Um but it's just it, it, I would have just left that portion of it out of there because it just it it's it's like dude you can't you can't and, and I know that that everything that Josh has seen he's not okay with of, of course if you know I, I you just if if you're watching this from a financial standpoint it's got to be a worry. From a fiscal standpoint, it's got to be a worry. Um, You know, it is the athletic director's job to know and forecast the future, which means that Josh Hurd is paying attention to the Louisville, um, you know, recruiting class. He's paying attention to the available prospects. He's got to look to figure out what things are going to look like next year and the year down the road. And if you are looking at what's going on down the road um, and you see a Louisville team that only has two prospects committed, that still does not have any guards committed, that has not had any visitors lately, you know, while other schools are having kids come in for visits and taking a look, Louisville's not even recruiting any guards at all. Um, you know, from the high school level, which basically means that Louisville's uh, putting all their eggs in the basket of going out there and just trying to pursue, again, um, the top kids in the transfer market, a transfer market that Louisville whiffed on every top player out there um, besides Brandon Huntley Hatfield, which you give him credit for, but once again, not a guard. Um, and the two guards that you brought in, you brought in two walk-ons, one from Kentucky, one from Tennessee State. Um, and while you are playing them, because you know you brought them in, um, they have been less than effective. Can, can, can we just say that? Is, is that the nicest way uh, of putting that? I mean, those two guys uh, were brought in, and we heard, you know, Hershey Miller and, and Fabio Basilier are, are fighting to see, you know, who who the best guy, you know, who, who the best guy was, and, and and you know, trying to just figure that out. Um, and, you know, between Hersey Miller, Zan Payne, and Fabio Basile, uh those guys on the season, you know, Hersey's given us 1.9 points, one rebound, shooting 26% from the field. Uh, you know, Zan Payne has literally only hit one field goal in his time at Louisville, but yet and still he continues to get time. He's averaging .3 points, .7 rebounds, and .1 assists, shooting 25% um uh you know and and fabio, his numbers are probably less than than that he didn't get- he didn't register, so I sorry don't have his his stats but you know with the the guard numbers being what they are, I understand that we may want to attempt to bring some guys in in the portal um but you know the fact that louisville only the only guards that we heard that Louisville even recruited. In the 2023 class, um, you know, where, of course, the, the much-ballyhooed and much-talked-about and discussed uh, recruitment of D.J. Wagner and A.J. Johnson, um, you know, two guys that are, are top-ten type of kids. Um, but but isn't this what, the same thing that we saw during uh, last season or last offseason uh, where Louisville basically only recruited the guards at the very tip, tip-top and didn't leave themselves any backup plan, didn't recruit anybody else? Um And that blew up in Louisville's face, which is why we're at where we're at now. And Kenny Payne, in the 2023 class, literally did exactly the same thing. He put all his eggs in the DJ Wagner slash AJ Johnson basket and didn't leave himself any backup, and now Louisville um, is left with... No recruits, no guard recruits in the top 100 at all. There are no more guard recruits in the top 100. So now we're putting all our eggs in the basket of the transfer market once again to go out there uh, and bring in, you know, we're going to need at least four guards from the transfer market would be my guess because, um, you know, I I know that nothing is for certain, but to say, you know, my opinion is that L Ellis is going to either take his talents uh, to the NBA draft um, or he's going to be a very, very attractive guy um, on the uh, transfer market. If he did want to look to upgrade his, you know, his NIL deal, if he wanted to look to have an opportunity to actually win, um, basketball games. I, I think that the aftermath of this season um is going to take a toll on a lot of these young men. I mean, what we've heard continually um how the players aren't any good. It's the players' fault that they you know, all these things are happening and that uh, you know, that that Louisville just doesn't have the talent. We've heard this so on and so forth, that you've got to think that a lot of guys are going to take a look and evaluate if this is something that they want to do again. I mean, going and having this type of season at a place like Louisville where basketball is so important takes a a toll mentally on you. And, and, you know, you can say, well, Rashawn, you're part of the problem because, you know, you're talking about it. It's like, well, guess what, people? Like, you have to talk about the season as it is. Like, you know, you can't just go in there um, and continually just ignore um, you know, the season because I think it just does a disservice to the sport and it does a disservice to Louisville fans. I mean, everybody is definitely talking about it. I mean, hell, that's when, when I'm out and about in the city, that's the first thing that anybody wants to talk about. So to sit there and say on the radio, well, we just want to talk about it, we're just going to ignore it because it's something that you don't like or it makes you uncomfortable or it makes you sad, like <laughs> you just can't. Uh, You know, you just can't do that. Um, So I do think that there's going to be a lot of decisions to be made, um, you know, not only by Kenny Payne on on what he does with this roster, but I think a lot of these kids, you know, may decide. I mean, you know, a kid like Mike James is starting to have a come up. Is is Mike James going to want to come back and be a part of it? He seems to be a kid to me that will. Um, He seems like a guy who's dedicated. He's stuck um, with his commitment through, um, you know, the tough Achilles year and and believed in what Kenny Payne was doing. Uh, But, you know, I I do wonder what the the mental uh, makeup is of some of these guys going through this type of season. You know, I I heard Kenny Payne say that, you know, uh, he he talked to DeAndre Davis um, and said that Coach, you know, I wanted to. I want to be here. I like you, but every time I wake up, you know, I, I think about Louisville, and it just hurts me. I mean, if some of these kids ain't hurt by what what's going, like if DeAndre Davis was hurt by what was going on last year. I mean, that Louisville team started out the season what ten and five uh, before the you know the wheels kind of fell off, and they only won three of their last eighteen games or whatever it was. Um, but uh, you know, that they started out well. It just kind of fell off the tracks once they got into ACC play. Um, and they they lost a, you know several close ball games. Um, But if if you were having nightmares and you just thought about the name Louisville and it just made you hurt, I would think that some of these guys are going to have all kinds of PTSD after this season's over with. So, you know, while I I think that people can talk about, well, you know, we have this guy coming back and this guy coming back and we can keep this guy. I mean, I'm not so sure. I mean, there's just so many uh, there's so many more opportunities now uh, for kids. Um, you know, via the transfer market and and the opportunities that NIL give you that with the train wreck and clown show that it's been this year for Louisville basketball, um, I I feel that Louisville could lose at least a couple of guys that they probably would have wanted to keep. Um, And and L. Ellis um, is one of those guys at the very top of the list. Like I I would say that in my personal opinion, I I, I would guess that L. Ellis is probably going to be a guy that definitely looks – um and, and takes a long look at you know his opportunities to move forward because you know even in a bad season he has done everything he can um and he's been asked to do more than he should have been um but you know i I think from a roster standpoint you know, It can be definitely argued Um, if guys like Ellis and, you know, in in my opinion, I know Brandon Huntley Hatfield was a guy who thought that he was going to be headed to the NBA draft after this year. I think that, you know, guys like Sid Curry um, also uh, thought that they were going to have opportunities, uh, you know, for professional uh, endeavors. Jalen Withers was another guy as well that, you know, thought that he was going to have that type of opportunity. I really think those guys are going to look long and hard, um, at professional opportunities or opportunities to go to a winning program. Because right now, Louisville, um, if you're looking for next year, you talk about the reasons that players look to transfer. Um, it's either to get an upgrade in profile or an opportunity to win and go to the NCAA tournament. Right now, with what Louisville has on deck, um, that that best opportunity to go to the tournament is not going to probably be at Louisville next year. I mean, unfortunately, uh, with where the, the recruiting class go, unless Louisville can just absolutely – you're talking about of the top ten transfers, Louisville would have to get four or five of those guys and then also get two or three mid-level guys. They would have to do a complete roster flip before you would even talk about considering this team a, 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 a tournament team or NCAA-type team next year as a possibility. Um, and that when, you know, Duke and Kansas and North Carolina and uh, all the best schools are all in Texas, of course, are, are all going after these players as well. I mean, you know, that, that's one of the things that you have to consider is that everybody's going to be going after these kids. And, you know, the product that Kenny Payne has to sell right now, if you're a kid. You know, I know NIL speaks, and Kenny Payne came out, um, and uh, you know, had voiced his support for the NIL um program uh, here at Louisville and the 502 circle, um, which was good to see that he did come out and give his thoughts and his vote of confidence to that. Um, but there's it's only a tough sell, like right now at this point, that's all Louisville has to offer because you can't like. Kenny Payne preaches development, and he tells kids, he told kids before last year, that if you want to come to Louisville, and even, of course, when he was recruiting DJ Wagner and A.J. Johnson, those guys, if you want, you want to come to Louisville because I get guys to the pros. Well, right now, Louisville doesn't have a, a draft pick, like you know, a guy that's going to be looking like a, a draft guy. I mean, L. Ellis may be a second-round, mid-round, mid, mid you know, middle-of-the-second-round type guy at best. I mean, outside of that, I mean, you have guys like Huntley Hatfield and Withers who have NBA bodies, but I just don't, especially with big guys, you know, the the, the big man has been greatly um, diminished in terms of their, the interest. I mean, so, you you know, those guys are definitely more of stretch force uh, in the NBA, but with the shooting percentages that they have and um, their inabilities to handle the ball um I think that, you know, undrafted free agent is the way that that would go for them. They would try to probably get on a G League team, uh, go to the, NCAA, uh, the NBA Summer League and try to make a roster that way. That would be the future for them. Um, so, I mean, right now through one year, I mean, and especially with, you know, with Kamari Lance who was, you know, expected to be maybe the biggest opportunity for a one-and-done in Kenny Payne's first year, um, he's not even close to ready. Like, not even close to ready At this point. So I I just think that it's going to be a hard sell for Kenny to talk about his development program when you're going to say, okay, well, coaching your first year, nobody really developed, um, you know, outside of Mike James, which, you know, you definitely get a feather for that. But, you know, a guy who's reputed as a a big man whisperer and, um, you know, has this all star development plan and it just hasn't really taken for your top prospects. Um, So it's going to be a tough sell. So I, 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 I say all that to say, Um, Louisville's going to have a very difficult situation. So to hear Josh Hurd kind of coming out and saying, you know, he believes in everything and and does not have one single worry, um, then that means one of two things. Either Josh is lying to you and he does definitely have concerns. And, you know, looking uh, at the amount of excitement that you would have coming into uh, uh, next year basketball. I mean, Louisville basketball numbers and finances are a disaster this year. They're losing money hand over fist. Um, at this point. So you're talking about the excitement for next year. You know, season ticket numbers will probably be at an all-time low. I know that they were at, you know, that they had great resurgence when Kenny was hired um, because the excitement over the hire. But I I would guess that with the responses of this year, um, if there's not a big ticket guy to kind of hang your hat on moving into next year, um, selling this to season ticket holders at the prices that Louisville does charge um, it's going to be a very difficult sell. It's going to be a very difficult sell. So, you know, I, I think that um, I just I, I don't know how Louisville gets that done. I, you know, I, I really don't. I just think that it's going to be a, a very tough sell um, to get season ticket holders on board. And if Josh Hurt says he's not worried about that at all, I just – I, I can't see that being true. I just can't, you know like I, I just I don't think that. You know, I, I just, that, that, that's not true. I mean, the, the athletic director's job is to take care of the finances and secure the finances for the university to make them, uh, you know, to, to, you know, earn make money for the university uh, and keep the athletic department in good standing um, and make as much money as possible. So when you're talking about a, a big time drop in season ticket sales, um, that's got to give him concern. And, and, you know, unless he's literally saying, like I said, he's either A, lying or B, um, you know, he's willing to be okay taking the hit next year because he believes of what Louisville can be in 2024. And if that is the case, um, then, then Louisville fans, I, I, all I'm going to say is, uh, you know, just go ahead and, 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 and bu- bu- buckle in because <laughs> it's going to be a long couple years before we can see if we can turn this around. So, uh, you know what, we're going to go ahead. Uh, sorry I went long on that first uh, on that first uh, segment, but we will be back. You're listening to Wake Up 502. We're going to get into Louisville football and so much more here on Wake Up 502 with Rashad Myers, and we'll be back. Big X Sports Radio. up 502 another classic i know y'all remember that y'all remember the thundercats come on now (laughs) i got i gotta give a shout out now being joined on the line by the man the myth the legend himself mr haven Harrison. haven how you doing this morning brother i'm doing good how about yourself i'm doing all right i'm doing all right Uh, it's funny i i know you heard that the thundercats i'm not sure if you heard the uh the opening uh, theme, but did uh, the, the the classic G.I. Joe theme, and people were like, "Okay, so you're doing cartoon, classic cartoon intros?" And yes, and I have to give a shout out uh, to to my man Trevor Kelsey. Uh, of course, uh, Trevor's the uh, producer on the Mike Rutherford show that comes to you uh, every uh, afternoon, three to six uh, Monday through Friday here on Big X. Um, but he was doing the, he had a theme song day, and he was doing all the classic, like '80s sitcom theme song. So, you know, he did like Golden Girls and did like uh uh Cheers and all those. So, I was like, "You know what? If Trevor's going to do the classic sitcom shows and I'm doing the intros of all my favorite cartoons growing up." So, that's the that, that's the theme song for the day. So, some some classics. Hey, I know you remember some Thunder cats some Thundercats. No,
0: well, I mean, you know what I do. Wally Kit, Wally Cat. You
1: know what I'm Kip saying? Ara. Man, Panthro was my dude. That was the coolest dude in cartoons. <laughs> man, Panthro, everybody's favorite.
0: Like Rhino's, everybody's favorite.
1: Yes. like Panthro's everybody's favorite. Yes, uh, Liono is like uh, Cyclops in every, every rendition of the X Men ever. <laughs> no one ever likes Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, man, just go, so just go away. Everybody likes Wolverine. Nobody likes Cyclops. It's, just, it's always the way it goes, unfortunately. <laughs> but hey, uh, welcome in. Uh, you, you joined me at just the right time. I, I went on my extended soliloquy of, of, you know, UofL athletic director Josh Hurt coming out and giving the vote of confidence um, to, to Kenny Payne in the basketball program. And, of course, you know, as it was expected, the athletic director is going to come out and say he believes in his guy and gives him the vote of confidence. You know, my, my only sticking point, uh, was just the fact that he says he has not seen one single thing that makes him think that Kenny Payne is not the guy for the job, and and you know that he's doing a good job with the with the team. That was my only sticking point. Not necessarily that Josh should have said something different. I just would have maybe left that that part out. That he's not seen one single thing that he has an issue with. Like, what 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 are your thoughts about um, the AD's comments? Like, do you have any any thoughts on that? I mean,
0: like this way. This is just damage control, one on one. You know, you have to say that's my guy. You know, this is the plan we came up with. We're sticking to the plan. I believe in his vision for the team. Blah 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 blah, yakety smackety blah blah blah. But that's 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 what you have to say. You know, you have to just to come out there and play like, yo, man, yeah, like I knew this was going to happen. Oh yeah, this is all part of the plan. Oh yeah, no, no problem. Let's see here. No problem. Like with Saddlefield. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lose the Boston Coach. are all, all, all part of plan.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things where it's always uh, you know, part of the uh part of the plan, um, you know. Wink, wink, nod, nod, <laughs> until Satterfield's not the coach anymore. <laughs> and he's <Yeah>. at Cincinnati. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, of course. I mean, and that's that's the thing, right, is that, you know, that what what else? When the athletic director, when he's the guy who hired this guy and he's in his first year, like what else? You know, of course the athletic director's going to say, because if he, you know, say he's second-guessing already, that reflects badly on Josh, right? There you go. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I mean, that, that's all I'm saying. Uh, so, you know, that I I, I I digress on that. Um, you know, let me ask you, North Carolina's coming in today. They don't have their all C- ACC big guy um, in Larry Nant – or excuse me, in um, – uh, Armando Baycott, and then uh Nance their other forward um is going to be a no show today. They still have all their they still have all their guards. They still have Leaky Black and RJ Davis and um of course Caleb Love, the former Louisville recruit that spurned Louisville at the last minute to commit to North Carolina. Um do you think the Cards have any chance today uh, at home versus uh, North Carolina or is it just more of the same? I mean who always has a chance. I mean Louis will <laughs> play brilliant. But- yeah. But
0: I, I think we said this before, right? The game, the of the season has played out that you kind of know what you're going to get with Louisville. Yeah. And we all know that there's going to be a part of the game where they're going to play their hearts out. They're going to knock down threes. The crowd's going to get excited. They're either going to lead or they're going to fight and they're going to keep it really close and they're going to make you believe for a little bit. Like, you know what? They can do it. Until they don't. And then they're going to go through that stretch where Jalen Wilder is going to drill the ball off his foot. And then they're going to go through a stretch. They have like four or five turnovers in a row. And they're be just mystified how these turnovers happen. And the no is going to push it back out. We'll close it, make it real close at the end, and ultimately lose. I mean, this is kind of like the MO for the whole season.
1: Yeah, man, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, it's like one of those things with North Carolina, yeah, they may have guys out, um, but they still got a lot of talent. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not necessarily ready to bury them uh, as of yet. I, I, I'll totally agree with you on that one. Um, but, you know, the, the only unfortunate part, I know we talked about it just kind of earlier amongst ourselves, um, you know, is the fact, of course, this is Louisville football's junior day. So they are – you know, there's 35 or 40 prospects that will be here in town. Uh, I, I'm guessing that they will come to the the, the basketball game today um, and be a part of the, the festivities. But there are no Louisville basketball recruits expected to be here today from what I can find. And, you know, Louisville, usually Louisville, North Carolina, is a big showcase game for players and recruits. Uh, you know, if you want to get guys in, regardless of whether it's 2024 kids or 2023 kids, um, you know, that there's none on. Now, of course, I do know that, you know, of course, high school basketball is back in, so maybe difficult for travel, you know, travel reasons for maybe some of these kids because they're in their season. But, you know, I, I think one of the things that, that we've kind of discussed is the fact that there's not really been any visitors for Louisville basketball lately. Yeah, yeah, that's something I had to like,
0: I, I, I really had to go back and look at the calendar and make sure, like, Is it like a a blackout season or something for college basketball where you can't have visitors? Because, I mean, I I haven't really heard of any visitors coming to campus for basketball at all.
1: Yeah, I think Carter Bryant, uh, the five-star 2024 kid that did not come for Louisville Live, he actually rescheduled and came, I want to say it was the second week of November. He, he rescheduled and came in uh, for that visit. And then, of course, there's a dead period when the start, <clears throat> uh, I think around the start of basketball season, there's like a two- or three-week kind of quiet period. But now that's over with. So kids can definitely uh, take visits and go visit schools again. And we just <clears throat> haven't seen anybody for Louisville, and which is just interesting because it's expected that Kenny Payne's going to need at least seven or eight guys for next year, isn't he? That's what I was thinking. And I'm just, I haven't seen
0: anybody. I haven't heard about anybody coming on, uh, taking visits. I mean, I've seen guys take visits to other schools. Uh, but I haven't seen anybody sign up to, to take a visit to us. And it's kind of concerning because like, one of the things, when Kenny Payne was hired, one of the things we were told, and something I wholeheartedly thought would happen, is that, you know, Kenny would be a, a good recruiter. Yes. That, that, that he was going to bring guys in. And if not bring guys in, I expect at least guys to come on visits when every time you had a chance. And that hasn't quite panned out yet. But uh, maybe he's waiting to just grab everybody in the portal and maybe not get a bunch of high school guys in here, but get a bunch of transfers in here, RITCU, and jumpstart the program with experience and talent. I don't know, but it's kind of concerning when like there's nobody coming to visit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that that would be my thing is that you know, and and that that was my my one thing I said you know, which was it seems like Kenny Payne did the same thing with his 2023 recruiting that he did with, 20, with the uh, you know recruiting the year before he he started the job where it seemed like he put all his eggs in the Amani Bates, Malachi Smith, Tyrese Hunter butt bucket and didn't really have any backup plan, didn't go to get any mid-level guys and kind of got left with Hersey Miller and Fabio Basilli, kind of put all his eggs in that one basket. And when that didn't happen, Louisville just basically didn't turn in anything. And it seemed like he did the same thing, you know, with his 2023 class to where he put all his efforts into DJ Wagner and, uh, and A.J. Johnson. And now that those guys haven't, you know, decided to go elsewhere, he really didn't have a backup plan. Uh, and it just seems like now, moving into the, the, you know, the summer, we're still not seeing Louisville going and bringing any guys in at all. You know, it's like I understand that you you, you want to get the best players possible for Louisville, but at some point you've got to at least secure backups, you have bodies. right? You, have, you just have that bodies.
0: I mean, at one point you just have that bodies. You just need a couple of three-star or whatever. You just need some
1: bodies. Absolutely. No, I I totally agree with you. And I tell you what, hey, we got we got our man on the on the line with us. We got Jay has uh, joining the conversation. Jay, how are you doing this morning?
0: I'm doing well,
1: sir. I'm I'm, I'm I'm well alive, sir. <laughs> well, I'm you sound good. You know, I was a little worried about you. You was under under the weather a little bit last week, so we didn't hear from you. So, uh, uh, you know, good I I I definitely was Tiny Tim. Good walk, <laughs> Dang, Go. <on. laughs> so, all right, So, what you got for us this morning, Jay? <laughs> man, I just don't understand something
0: real quick. I asked you this yesterday. You you, you dressed me a little bit, but I, Rashawn, listen, man. I, I am tired of being tired of this Louisville basketball program. <laughs> now you're playing at 2 o'clock on ESPN, National Televised, so yes, North Carolina Roadman to New hmm They have a down season as well, too, and Louisville's having a, a horrible, horrible season. But make a long story short, guys, it's just that sometimes when you get tired of being tired, you want to see excellence, uh, you want to see excellence. and you want to see external, inter- internal things about the, the, the program, you couldn't even see nothing you couldn't even see the sunlight you couldn't see over the hill yet, there's nothing to see,
1: yeah,
0: and then you have administration still saying we support Kenny Payne, why should you support him <laughs> in the outcome he's in the in the outcome, he's not supporting you guys because you're not you guys not getting any type of return. Yeah, why well, don't we want to pay a man pay a employee that kind of money, and we get no return.
1: Yeah. No, I mean that that's fair. I mean the return on investment definitely has not come yet. Kenny Payne has definitely, you know, his I think his salary is about three and a half million. Um so Louisville is definitely paying Kenny Payne and his assistants um, you know, heavily for their services, but I don't think Louisville's felt you know, seen any return as of yet. Like, man, uh,
0: I am just I'm just so sick of this program, man, I can just throw up. It's it's tough. And man. I'm I don't know, man. It's kind of hard to patronize. It's Hard to see him on TV. It's it's, it's it's sickening to me. I should go back and be a sick all
1: over again. That's the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey Jay, I I I understand. I mean, it is the the Cardinals in, in a tough spot now. Now, let me ask you: Do you think that the Louisville's got any chance today against North Carolina? No, sir. No. No. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, we, hopefully they can figure it out. Bring that. back John Tong from the dead. We might have a chance then. <laughs> John, I don't know if John Tong can help. It sound, It would sound good on the mic, though. I Boy, it well, sound real good to get your hype on that mic. Boy, <laughs> well, that's all it takes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> nah, it's it's going to be a rough one. But, no, I, I agree with you, Jay. It's just, you got to see something, right? At some point, you know, we keep hearing about they're trying and they're playing hard, but they got to start getting some wins, don't they? <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you would think at some point it's it's got to be about wins. I'm tired of getting these uh, the moral victories. I I'm about done with the moral victories. I, at this point. What about you? Well, first of
0: all, you have to have moral victories. You only have what two moral victories this season. So we have you have to have a moral victory first before you get tired of it, Sean. You're putting the carpet for
1: the whole. Oh game. no, I thought that, that that there's been several moral victories because I heard that you know well, at least they played hard the whole game. Like that, that to me sounds like a moral well, I victory. Hey, I, 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 Haven, Rashad. Uh, Justice Resource Center said it will be their first victory today Okay. in the APC. Okay, there we go. I love it. See, those are Louisville fans I love, the ones that just don't look at any of the facts and just believe heartily. I love it because, you know. That was from the Justice Resource Center, sir. Justice Resource Center. Yeah. Hey, hey, and you know what? I love the Justice Resource Center, and, and and I love the fact that they support their cards and love their cards unconditionally. So I, I that's awesome. I love it. I'm rolling. Well, thank right. you very much, sir. I appreciate it, Jay. Thank you, guys. Have a great morning. All right. Oh. All right. There we go. So, <laughs> Jay has checking in. The Justice Resource Center checking in. See that Haven? Those are the folks that I love because they are the ones that have that that um, that that true love. That that uh, you know unconditional love. You know what I'm saying? Like like a parent loves a child. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Like like my daddy is one of them. My 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 pops. Regardless of what yes, the, the Louisville record is, regardless of all the, the, the facts laid before him. He's like, Man, Louisville's gonna get it done tonight. I'm like, That's what I'm talking about, Daddy. Just hold keep the face, brother. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Haven, uh, let's go ahead and get to this top of the hour break as as the Thundercats uh, theme plays us back out. When we come back, we got to get into this football, Haven. twenty three is already in the city, man, and they're they making some waves. I want to get your thoughts on that, brother. So 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 you are listening to Wake Up 502, WXVW, Big X Sports Radio, and uh, we'll be back. Oh, it takes me back, y'all. I promise it takes me back. <laughs> Welcome back. Hour number two, Wake Up 502, Rashawn Myers, heyman Harrington, and now on the line joining us as well at that voice good, Mr. Joe Kelly. Joe, how you doing this morning, brother?
2: Oh, man, glorious. Glorious. <laughs>
1: Joe out day in the I, I know you you over there at the Granville getting stuff set up man but you know I, I the theme today this morning has been all the classic cartoon intro theme songs so we we started out the day with GI Joe then we had ThunderCats coming back after the first break and a little Transformers to start our number 2 you got to love it man <laughs>
0: Why does why
2: does the Thundercats theme still go so hard? Man? Oh,
1: I'm telling you, man, it's that's like it just it. Uh, that was when that they was my favorite. That
2: Thundercats hoe. <laughs> so,
1: that's
2: that's when you know it's officially hit the fans.
1: I'm telling you, I promise, man. You know, what I'm saying that that was like every morning. I could not wait to to get up and watch me some Thundercats. I promise you, that's oh. I was, You know, have my my what was it? Lucky Charms ready. <laughs> Lars no, uh, was my boy.
0: To, uh, Saturday morning, afternoon cartoons and TV shows. Just FYI out there, for all my nerves. Ultraman Chin, like the brand new Ultraman, is out in theaters. I think you can see it at Preston 16. at 7 o'clock. 7 I do believe. Oh, really? Yes. Ultraman the movie. <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's, it's any guy in the suit going against rubber Monsters. So it's. It's pan homage to like the, the the old ultraman
1: yeah, the classics that's what's up
0: <laughs> it's uh it's pretty good timing,
2: man. I don't know why I did this this past week, but I went back and I've just been you know how you, you know how you do late at night when you don't really want to watch a movie, but you want something on well, I've been doing that with all the Michael Bay Transformers movies, and I'm gonna stand by it. they're not as bad as people make them out to be. they are what they are, they're big, dumb, loud movies. Really? It's it's, it's it's Michael Bay.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, you don't tune into a Michael Bay flick because you you expect like Scorsese level scripts. Oh, no, no, you don't expect a Tarantino explosions, man, one.
1: explosions.
2: Yeah, I watch it to see. I watch it to see the the alien truck go boom.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Always. That, and that's the one thing about Michael Bay it's going to be like eighty five thousand explosions every time. Guaranteed. Oh,
2: he gonna get that. He gonna match that CGI budget. <laughs> whatever. It's like it's like taking a trip to Disneyland with your kids. You know, whatever you budgeted for, add ten bands to it.
1: <laughs> oh, I, oh absolutely I, I saw um six underground which was a, a michael bay directed film on uh, <laughs> on netflix and man there were so many explosions oh. in that movie i was like ah i hadn't seen a michael bay flick in a minute man but just it just always brings back good memories you know what i'm saying because guaranteed it, uh, it's like explosions
2: like d- <laughs> it's like a dj premiered beat you only need 30 seconds of it to know. Yep, that's Michael Bay.
1: Oh, yeah, I promise. Every you'll, time. Guarantee. You'll know before the opening credits.
0: Explosion. <laughs> oh, that's Speaking hilarious. of Michael Bay. Yes, sir. His greatest creation is 40 years old this year. Um, his greatest creation. You have no idea, do you?
1: Uh-uh, what's that?
0: He was the original director of Miami Vice. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's why he gotta start mammy vice. That's a they don't it. Wow
2: he That ain't. explains so much about why he's over the top.
1: Yeah. Oh absolutely. <laughs> Hey, and, and I'm telling you, they use, like, the greatest cameras ever. Like, Michael Bay's cameras, I don't know what it is about his films, but even at that time, Miami Vice looked visually better than every other television show on TV. I don't know what it is about his cameras, if it's the lighting or the quality of the film, but he always expires no expense on the visuals, like, literally. <laughs> I love it. And
0: that's something. Was banging.
1: Did you know in the air tonight uh, the Phil Collins song premiered on Miami Vice? Did you know? Miami Vice,
0: yes, sir, man. Miami Vice's
1: soundtrack is legendary. Smugglers Blues? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Just classics, bangers. (laughs) <laughs> hey, fellas. Plus, that was the era of the
2: 80s where everybody had to have a sultry sex.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: you know. Even Bruce Willis was out here rocking a sultry sex.
1: Oh, come on now. You know it. You know what I'm saying? And and, and the, uh, the the slippers and no, uh, no socks. You know what I'm saying?
2: Oh, the slippers and no socks from the <laughs> 80s. I
1: don't like yeah. that. Just, just sweat, folks, sweaty feet uh, all over the place. <laughs> 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 I know it smelled awful on that set. I guarantee it. You know what I'm saying? Come on, that Miami heat, all that humidity. Woo. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 that just sounds like a sweat. This smells like sweat and regret. <laughs> so, uh, hey, fellas,
2: question for you this morning. Yes. What the hell is going on with
1: our basketball program? Oh, <laughs> well, our number one was definitely dedicated to uh, the interesting comments of, of Josh Hurd and, and, you know, the fact that he said that he did, there's not one single thing that Kenny Payne has done this year to make him think he's not the guy for the job, which I thought was a little over the top <laughs> and probably could have phrased that a little bit different. But, uh uh, Why you gotta
2: say that, boss?
1: <laughs> I mean, like I said, I expect the athletic director to back his guy, Joe. But you know, I, d- to say that every single thing there's been nothing at all that gives you pause at all, and say you think that everything is great, you know, that's that's a little, it's a little strong, <laughs> just a little. Yeah, <laughs> it's certainly a choice. Yeah, oh absolutely. You know, but I mean of course we expected for him to, to back his guy. Um and and that's okay. But you know, just I, I to say that, you know, there's not one single thing that you've had an issue with, i is a little it's a little strong. Like you it's know a
2: little off to me.
1: Yeah, just a just a little bit. And it's funny to 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 that point, Joe. Uh we had a texture text in uh, to the Thornton's text line, uh five oh two four one four fourteen fifty. Uh they said uh Uh, Texas says, no extra credit for effort that should always be there. But I see these guys kind of telling on themselves in some of these games. The season may have a few more wins if they played with the same level of intensity uh, they showed at Clemson. All these unforced turnovers, uh, I've said, i never seen so much dribbling off of their feet, which is true, uh, are ridiculous. Some of them may uh, may be shown the door based on their performance. I'll take effort no matter the talent level, uh, any day, myself, DeeDee. Uh, Dee. uh, so definitely, first of all, appreciate the text in, DeeDee. Dee. And I, I totally agree with you. I, I think, you know, the, the way I look at it is like this. And in Haven, we kind of talked about this off the, off the uh, mic as well. Kenny Payne is trying to run a professional offense, Okay, he's trying to run a professional offense, um, you know, but the problem is, you know, with professional spacing as well, guys are further away from the basket to give them more space to work. The problem is, in the pros, you have – Five guys on the court that are expected to be able to have the skill and ability IQ to execute plays properly ninety about 95, 96 percent of the time, which means they can handle the ball, they can pass the ball uh, and they can get to their spots or make the proper passes. then they have the success rate of about 40 to 50 percent they hit 40 to 50 percent of their shots, okay so the problem is Louisville's only executing things properly with the proper passes and you know ball handling skill set about. 50% of the time, and then they're only shooting between somewhere between 25 and 35% from the field. So when you look at it, their, their success rate is probably around 20%. I know that's a lot of numbers, but at the end of the day, that says Louisville's only successful on about 20% of their possessions. So when your percentage is that low overall, that's why you're getting the inconsistent play because you're just putting too much responsibility on guys that just don't – they're not professionals. They're not pros. They're not 25-, 26-year-old guys that do this for a living, right? I mean, Haven, hey, that, that's kind of what we, we chatted about, right?
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, you're asking guys to, to – I want to break down a football terminology because that, that's what I do. Like, read and react, right? You're always about defense having to read and react. Like, you know, your man goes here, you go here. And I think I believe all this offense is kind of set on read and react. Like you can, you go here, you cut here. Now if this guy follows you here, and this guy goes here. Then you know to go there, and you should know to go here and be open for a pass. Or you know you're going to drive in and then kick it out here, and then based on what the defense does, you do this. You know that's great theory, it, and it does work. But one, you have to have like a ton of high level talent to pull that off, and you have to have a ton of experienced talent to pull that off. Yeah, especially in the college game where guys are still learning how to play. Uh, in the NBA, it's different because you have guys who's playing for ten for thirteen years. You know, you have guys who do this like all the time. This is all they do. Um, so in the, in the pros, it's a little bit different. To kind of have that read and react style offense. In college, it's almost damn near impossible because you know, nobody has that kind of talent level. One to pull that off, to the chemistry of guys playing together, working together to pull that off, and he does not have the time to practice that to really kind of for that to really kind of sink in. That's why I believe you see like Louisville's offense like it, it, it's kind of like it, it, it's kind of like it's like a fitness start because like sometimes you get it and then most of the time you don't.
1: I mean Joe Joe it's, it's tough, right? Like you're at, like I know all these kids want to be NBA players someday, but the solution doesn't seem to me to be like if you want to be in the NBA, I'm just going to give you an NBA offense and just like let's just see what you look like playing in the NBA. You know what I mean? <laughs> like
2: yeah, I mean you got to learn algebra before you learn geometry before you learn calculus, right? right. There's <laughs> there's stages of this stuff. Um nobody just shows up and says, "Hey, look at me, I'm an engineer now." <laughs> right, these an arduous process, um, <laughs> yeah, and that's sort of that's sort of what it feels like, you know I had a coach that used to used to always say and, and this is what it sort of reminds me of when you're talking about, okay, you all want to be pros, here's your pro system, yeah had a coach used to say everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die, and that's sort of the vibe I'm starting to pick up from this team man like i I don't like the question players' uh, work ethic. I don't know them. They're young, men and all that. But I'm, I'm really starting to just – I'm having trouble not asking the question, how many coaches can y'all, can this group of knuckleheads run off? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's been, what, two interims and a head coach? Or a head coach, an interim, and a new head coach? And The only thing that seems to be consistent about the roster is that they don't win games. Yeah. So at some point, Phil Jackson could be out there, and I don't know what this team would do. I just don't know if they're a good – we keep talking about how it's not a good collection of talent, that it doesn't complement one another. Maybe it's just an altogether bad collection. And I'm not saying they're bad kids. I'm not saying anybody – they just they – don't, they don't mesh. And it's more than just the X's and O's is wow. not meshing, if that makes sense.
1: No, it definitely makes sense. I, I think that especially – and those things kind of get exasperated because of what they're being asked to do. I Like, when you have a system that's based on all five guys being able to, you know, without speaking, read and react together to work in harmony and concert, you know, like that takes a lot of practice time and it takes a lot of experience. Like, when you're dealing with guys that their only job is to play basketball, um, I can see that. But then I think that, like, your, to your point, Joe, I think a lot of these guys – aren't necessarily... Like they don't have the IQ or the smarts to be able to go out there and do that. Or in Brandon Huntley Hatfield and and Jalen Withers case, they don't necessarily have the skill to be able to handle the ball, which you know, I know they were talking about kicking the ball off of their foot on drives. Like that happens to Jalen Withers at least a couple of times a game because I mean he just hasn't he just doesn't have that ability. So I mean it just it's not doing I don't think it's necessarily doing the players any favors. It's definitely not doing the coaches any favors and it just kinda at the end of the day makes everybody look bad. you know, it just is. Well,
0: you know, like, hey, I almost just hey, like hey, hey. Guy, I, I, think, I, I think they would do a lot better if we employ, like, a Denny Crumb style, post-up style offense. I, I think this team would be much further along than where they are now. I yeah. think we're just and trying to throw a hole to the, a round home the, the identity, based though. Based on the talent you have.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I, I mean, it is, the, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, and Joe, that's kind of what we talked about was like, You know, these are things that, in my opinion, should have been worked out in the summer. Like, if these guys were looking bad trying to do what you were trying to do, I understand that Kenny Payne is trying to build a culture and trying to build a system. But at some point, right, we would have thought that there would have been some adjustments made. I just haven't really seen that. Like, I think Louisville's made incremental improvements because guys are getting more on court time with each other. But I just don't think that the improvements have been enough to result in wins.
0: Well, I mean, but let's also be honest. There, there was
2: a lot, to, and I'm being very, very kind when I say this. There was a lot of room for improvement. I mean, we started at the floor.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah, uh, and I'm just, I'm really disappointed that the fan base. You know, I, I've always said we say this on this show a lot. I'm not going to defend U of L fans when it comes to talking football because, bless their hearts, they don't, they don't know it like they think they do, but they do know basketball. Yeah. UofL fans are a very, very, very educated basketball fan base. They know their stuff because they've watched a good product for 30 years. But we're old. You know what I mean? Like, the kids that are on campus right now at UofL, if you're in your early 20s, the the championship was a decade ago, man. And, again, we're talking about recruiting 16-year-olds. So, Kenny can talk about building a culture and all that. I'll tell you what what culture to build that will solve a lot of problems. A winning culture all you got to do is win games and everything else kind of falls into place.
1: Yeah. No, no. And the idea
2: that the idea that that Louisville fans have been reduced to celebrating hustling for 40 minutes against Clemson in (laughs) basketball, what the hell is this? (laughs) I I mean, dead ass Clemson is one of the sorriest basketball programs in in, in college sports. It's just, it's, it's, it it's is Clemson basketball. You can't even say it without like scrunching your <laughs> nose and going ugh. It's a like it smells like Clemson basketball smells like old shoes and regret.
1: Uh, you're and, letting Brad Brownell um, take your lunch money.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and we're out here, and the fan base is, is so broken and just so desperate for anything exciting that. People are legitimately pleased with giving effort. No, I'm sorry, man. That's the bare minimum at UofL.
1: Yeah. I no, I, I, I totally agree with you, and, and I'm right there with you. And, you know, to, to that end, um, you know, I just the, the the celebration of these, these small things. Like I said, I'm not going to give a team brownie points because they quote-unquote played hard for 40 minutes. Like, that's – That's a non-negotiable thing that as a college athlete you should come in and play desperate basketball for 40 minutes every time out. That's not something to be – uh, you know, given extra credit for. That's just like, that's to get into in the door, you know what I'm saying? It's like when you take the SAT and ACT, you put your name at the top of the test. That's a that's a requirement, is that you put your name at the top of your test. Like, that's not, I'm not going to give you uh, extra credit because you actually signed your assignment. Like, please, like, uh, you know, come on.
2: Man, getting excited about effort is like saying I'm a good parent because I don't hit my children. <laughs> what? Shut up, dummy. You're not supposed
1: to hit kids. <laughs> exactly. Well said. Uh, texter to text line says, uh, This station plays commercials in the middle of your segments. It's so frustrating. Uh, th- it's funny that, that I heard that I am guessing, and this texter just happens to be, I believe it's my pops, I think, texting in. Uh, but I believe if you're listening on the TuneIn app, if you listen to any, any station on the TuneIn app, after, I believe it's 30 minutes, it automatically goes to commercials. Like, even if it's in the middle of the program, it'll just pop off. So if you're listening on one of the streaming services, um, that's probably why those commercials are popping in. Just kind of FYI. If you're listening um, on the radio, then you're going to get the the live feed from us, which, of course, is not going to go through commercials until I run the commercials. Um, But, yeah, if you are listening on on a streaming service, uh, that can happen uh, with, with the app. So just FYI. On there, uh, but fellas, I tell you what. But we got about eight minutes before our next break, and and I did want to talk about you know basketball. We could just uh, you know talk about that foolishness all day long because there's there's a ton of frustrations there. But I do want to um, actually give a couple of kudos out to the football program. Of course, they did officially announce uh, Brian Brown uh, now coming back as the uh, OC and quarterback's coach uh, for the University of Louisville. Uh, made that official yesterday, um, so that was awesome to see Brian officially joining um, the staff. And then also, the Flyville 23 kids, all of the, the early enrollees from uh, Pierce Clarkson, Sanker Luke Burgess um, and, and uh, Donja Green and, and the rest of those guys um, are here on campus and they're already making their presence known like they, they've been on Twitter asking Louisville fans <laughs> and, and just local people the best eateries in the city and they're like live live streaming from all these different spots <laughs> around the city having reviews.
2: And shout out to everybody on Twitter who told them all to come visit me at the Gramble, But please don't send 18-year-old incoming freshman football players to the bar.
0: Um, like,
2: <laughs> right. just It's not really how we want to kick off the whole Flyville 23 uh, recruiting class, you know? There goes Joe getting us put back on probation.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> just bringing down the property values and so, too. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Let, let's not let, let's not get uh, at that boy's good in the middle of a Louisville football school. Yeah, hey,
2: but 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 they are. Uh, I tell you what, uh, you can order them anything off of our amazing menu through DoorDash. Just don't tell them to come into the bar. See? You know how easy that is.
1: Well, you gotta love them. Well said. Well said. Absolutely. But I tell you what, Joe. Man, it's it's the excitement about the, I, the these kids definitely carry themselves differently. We talked about when Donovan Mitchell got here, how sometimes freshmen just carry themselves differently, and they just carry themselves like you know they already are more professionally savvy. They're more internet savvy. they're, they're more social media savvy. Um, you know, and, and this group just seems to be all about that. I mean, that they, they understand the branding, I guess, is the NIL age where everybody understands how to make themselves a, a commodity. You know what I mean? Like, did, they're selling the what exactly did we do
2: on this recruiting trip, man? I mean, hell, the number one running back in the nation that didn't end up signing with us got a 502 tattoo. Um uh, <laughs> now we got these kids early enrolling in January posting on social media that they're out at Kern's Corner and whatnot. Uh what did what kind of bag did we draw? I I saw the football helmets full of fried chicken, which I thought <laughs> was to that, and that, you wanna get eighteen year old Joe Kelly to sign on to something? Give me a helmet full of fried chicken, damn it. I am on I, I <laughs> And we, I wouldn't have even got to talking money. I just would have been eating chicken.
1: You know? It's like, wow, this place but, is great.
2: But we dropped a bag on them, man.
1: I mean, it's crazy.
2: love Louisville more than we do.
1: I mean, Louisville signed the number one linebacker in the 2024, or at least got him committed, the number one linebacker in the 2024
2: hey, so class. I meant to ask you about that because you follow recruiting a lot closer than I do. Yes. Uh, for those that don't know, I've been burned by recruiting so many times that until I see them on a class roster or walking across the quads, I, I don't believe they're actually coming. Do you think we're going to hold on to that kid? I mean, because I heard immediately that it was—it's it was, a great buzz and it's really cool for the university to get a top ten player committed in football. But there is a whole lot of doubt that he actually ends up at U of L.
1: Well, I, I'll say this. I really feel that if um, Coach Satterfield was still here, Ruben Owens would have been a Louisville Cardinal. And I will say that TJ Capers um – it's definitely I, – I, I mean, for any top – you're talking about a top 10 player. I mean, if you're talking about a top 50 player, it's hard to hold on to them, if, even if they commit. Um, but, I mean, as it stands right now, I mean, T.J. Capers is a guy that's excited about Louisville. He seems to be genuinely, um, you know, interested and intrigued in joining. Um, so I think that Louisville's going to have as good a chance as, you know, if he had been committed to Alabama or Michigan or LSU or anybody else. So I'll say it's not a 100% guarantee, but I would say 80 Eighty twenty, 20 um, you know, and, and Capers is an absolute monster. I know that it's expected for the 2024 class to be heavily um, uh, Miami-related. You know what I'm saying? And, and, of course, Capers is the top kid. But the best thing about it, Joe, is when you have kids, it's kind of like Reuben Owens. When Reuben Owens commits hey. to Louisville, um, it sends shockwaves down, you know, through and shows a lot of kids, wow, I need to check out Louisville. I need to see what's going on. That's why getting those early commitments – Even though those are great players, what they can do for you recruiting other guys really, really helps. So even if CJ Capers does not ultimately get here, getting that commitment that early, him committing at the U.S. Army All-American Bowl and being able to do that on national TV kind of lets everybody know, hey, all you kids down in South Florida, y'all need to be going and seeing what's going on up there in Louisville. You know what I mean? So that's going to open additional doors just for the simple fact that he's committed to Louisville. You know, so I I, I I definitely think he's got a good chance of coming. I'll just say it like that.
2: That's something that, that Louisville should never let dry up, is that that pipeline to South Florida. Because, and when you talk to the former players that are from that area, you know, they explain it to you that they really enjoyed Louisville. Uh, when they took their, you know, a lot of kids take their trip up here, they expect it to be farmland and horses. And then they fly over the city and say, "Oh, wait! There's there's actually like a city there." Um, yeah. So it's 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 always had it. South Florida has always been very good to the University of Louisville.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why um, we got so many like Michael Lee Harris and Charles Gaines and Corvin Lamb and Teddy Bridgewater. That's uh, one of even, the reasons it really appeals to those South Florida be- guys.
2: But I mean, it even goes beyond that. I mean, Howard Howard got it started. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, Ray Boo. Um you know, yeah. The, the, uh, yeah. I, I, um, oh, Elvis um, Dumerville, he was pretty good. Cool, yeah. I mean, uh, just all those kids. Bernie a, Bernie. Any kid that comes from, you know, a, a more of a metropolitan area, uh, you would think that was going to have a lot of natural draws of those guys because simply most of these major uh, universities aren't in big cities. They're out in the middle of a the cornfield somewhere. <laughs> So you know, I mean, it's it's definitely got a big draw. And if you like to eat, I'm just letting all you recruits know and and commitments and guys, new signees that just gotten here. If you like to eat, Louisville is like one of the foodie capitals of the United States. So understand that there are plenty of places to get great and wonderful food uh, here in, in both Louisville and in Southern Indiana. There's always a bunch of little little mom and pop spots. Man, I'm
2: trying. Who do you think? Obviously, the, uh, the obvious jump out would be Escalade back when Troy was here. And, that, and Marcus talks about the stories of how they used to have to do, like, basically night patrol to make sure he wasn't sneaking out <laughs> smuggling pizzas. In. But, yeah, the, that's, a, that's a term I never thought I'd be saying on radio, smuggling pizzas. But here we are. <laughs> uh, shout out to RIP to Escalade. Who do you think would have been the biggest problem when we were in school with NIL deals and food? Like who would have just eaten their way off Rick Pitino's team? Oh,
1: Derek character! Like Derek character is problem. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> number
2: one with a bullet. He would have gotten that good Dunkin' Donuts bag. <laughs> Guaranteed. You remember that story? You remember that story when he went home on Christmas break and his mom gave him an application to Dunkin' Donuts? Oh yeah. And told him if he didn't start listening to coach, he he just needed to go get a job. Oh yeah. man! In the age of the NIL, Dunkin' Donuts would have been all over that today.
1: <laughs> I get, Oh, and, and Russ Smith would have definitely and had a, had a Waffle House uh, NIL oh. done. Absolutely. Yes, that, that, that was happening. <laughs>
2: that, yeah, yeah. Elvis with a stack of pancakes.
1: Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. I love it. Hey, I tell you what, we're going to go ahead and hit this next break. When we come back, i got to ask you fellas about Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar came out and gave everybody kind of an update uh, on his status, um, and, and I just want to know what you guys think about that and what that means uh, for uh, you know, his relationship with the Ravens and much, much more. This is uh, Rashad Myers, Joe Kelly, Haven here, and take care of your Big ass Sports Radio, and we'll be back. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots cleave their paddle to destroy the air. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. solve a mystery Just the memories. Oh, just the memories. Back with Ducktales. <laughs> oh. You know that. Uh, you know
2: that I've had a late Saturday night when I check my phone on Sunday morning to see like, like some people had to check their phone to see who they drunk texted. <laughs> I checked my phone to see what music was I playing before I went to bed, and there was one night apparently we'd all gone out and I played Ducktales 37 times in a row. <laughs>
1: Wow! And my buddy said
2: every time it ended, you would start it over and just yell, "Let it
1: ride." Oh, <laughs> wow! Hey, one of one of the underrated, low key, one of my favorite cartoons, man. Duck, I love me some Ducktales. Even though looking back on it, you know, I always thought, "Wow, that must be great to have a giant money pit and go swimming through all that money." Like that would literally break your neck. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> Uncle Scrooge made it look so fun, though, Joe. <laughs> hey man, and you know what? They've got
2: the whole catalog on Disney Plus. That was one of the first things I did when I was all loopy on the uh, the post surgery meds. Was go back and watch Ducktales the day that uh, the Disney
1: Plus dropped. Yeah, all my friends were like, "I got Star Wars in the MCU," and I was like, "Chippendales, Ducktales, what, what?" Oh man, I'm telling you, Ducktales and that Tailspin, like all those old Tailspin. T- oh man, hey J- Haven, you remember the Hair Bear Bunch? Do you remember the Hair Bear Bunch? Like, yeah, that was an. Yeah. Hanna Barbera, <laughs> Captain Caveman, oh. Jabberjaw. Come on. Captain Caveman and
0: the <laughs> thing of knockoff cartoon characters, uh-huh. the funky pants, aka the Scooby Doo knockoff.
1: Oh man, the the, the amazing uh, race. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Yeah.
0: The, the man, and, and you know the <laughs>
2: you know the messed up thing about cartoons from our childhood. They gave me an irrational fear of quicksand. Everybody in cartoons <laughs> when we were kids were always falling into quicksand. Oh, I've yeah. never heard of a quicksand. Um, I, I, I've, I've never heard anybody tell me like, "Yeah, we lost my uncle." Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> what happened? Nah, he fell in some quicksand. Yeah. Man. <laughs> couldn't couldn't get the rope out in time. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Quicksand was always. Every time I think about quicksand, I always think about uh, uh, Indiana Jones. He's like, "Throw me the rope. It's a snake." Well, don't call the snake, just call the rope. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> classic. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I tell you what, fellas, I, I gotta ask you all something, man, because it was very interesting yesterday. Okay, as the NFL playoffs are getting ready to start this weekend, you know, the, the, the lights, the glamour, the glitz that is the NFL playoffs. It's gonna be an absolutely epic weekend of football. I know Haven is just as happy as a as, as a duck in water. Uh, that, that these playoffs are about to start. But, you know, there's been so much made about Lamar Jackson. You know, when he first got hurt, he got injured versus the Denver Broncos on um, uh, Saturday afternoon about, what, six weeks ago now? Um, got, got injured in that game versus the Broncos. Uh, Broncos immediately – excuse me, the Ravens organization immediately came out and said, oh, Lamar has a PCL strain, but it's okay it's grade one, and he'll probably be out somewhere between one and three weeks. Um, and, you know, once we hit the the, the two-week mark, they started to think, well, is Lamar going to get back on time? Is he going to come back early? He got two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Still not there. And, you know, we started to hear all this conversation about – Uh, You know, is Lamar milking this? Is this about, you know, the contract negotiation? Is this Lamar's holdout because he's unhappy with the organization? Um, And Lamar Jackson finally kind of ended his silence about the whole thing. And he came out and basically said on Twitter – yesterday that, just FYI, I just wanted to give everybody an update on my injury. I do have a PCL strain, but it was a grade 2 to a borderline grade 3 injury. I still have a lot of swelling around my knee. Really wish I could be out there before my guys, but it's definitely about the injury. Now, this is something that players don't usually send out information about their injuries. But I thought that it was very interesting that Lamar made it a point to go out there and stand up for himself because he's been getting raked over the coals by a lot of people in the you know even within the Ravens organization and by players on the team. Um, like, what do y'all think? Uh, are you talking? Up? Hold
2: up, hold up. Are you
1: talking about Mr. Glass, Sammy Watkins? Oh yeah, absolutely. First man. of all, a guy who's only been man. on the roster man. a week and a half. <laughs>
2: In what world do we live in where the guy who can't sneeze without breaking a bone is out here questioning somebody else's health and well being? Yeah. Sammy, Sammy Watkins has been there for 10 days or something silly. How many times did he say, I don't know, I can't comment, while commenting? Shut the hell up, Sammy Watkins. You're on what? You're 17?
1: Literally. Like, literally. I,
2: I I don't know what happened to the Baltimore Ravens when Isaac Newsom retired. They are not the front office they used to be. They used to be one of the most – they used to be one of the best teams in the league at evaluating talent, drafting talent, and developing it. And that's gone out the window. They have developed wide – they've drafted wide receivers, haven't developed. They've drafted offensive linemen, haven't done anything with them. They've been they, – they, they reached for guys that were injured, like uh, the, the player from Michigan that I know was a first-round t- graded talent, but he tore his ACL at at, um, at the draft. Teams that feel like they have a window don't burn second-round picks on those guys. Yeah, no. I'm... Teams that teams that are trying to give their quarterback weapons don't trade their wide rece- their number one wide receiver. Who don't get me wrong, I'm not a Hollywood Brown fan. Uh, but you don't trade him and then not replace him,
1: and then and drafted, drafted
2: another offensive and, 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 dra- lineman.
1: And, dra- and They drafted an offensive lineman and a safety, <laughs> and and then in the second round they drafted a tight end.
2: Yeah, I how mean, many tight ends and fullbacks does one roster in in, in the year of our
1: Lord Jesus Christ, two thousand and twenty three, does a team need? No, I totally agree with you. And and Haven, let me ask you, in, in, in my personal opinion, it seems to me every other team that has a quarterback that even shows a sniff of talent, let alone an M V P like Lamar Jackson gave the Ravens in his second year as a starter with Baltimore. Most teams that have a quarterback that shows talent, they kind of go bend over backwards to get that guy as much talent, as much, you know, an elite wide receiver, offensive lineman. It seems like the Ravens did a lot more to almost double down and reinvest in their defensive line and Greg Roman's tight ends and, you know, the tight ends and more tight ends philosophy. Doesn't it seem like they did a whole lot more investing in everything else but Lamar Jackson?
0: Man, uh, Rashawn, it's like I told you a couple of weeks ago, man. Once they got home, Halfeld half in uh-huh. there, and, there was, and they realized, you know what, he can manage a good game, and we just play old-school defense. We can win a – we could possibly win the Super Bowl the Trenton Dilfer way with the game manager and the great defense. And it almost looks like the Ravens are okay with going back to Trenton Dilfer. Racco Day, just give me a game manager, and uh, we'll, make that, we'll, we'll make it
1: happen. I mean, it definitely seems and like the Margo Ravens are living. Know. I mean, it, that's, not the, that's not the way the NFL is played anymore. I mean, you can't really play that way and win anymore, can you? This almost feels like Nebraska football at the end of their well, run no, where they went out there and but, just got destroyed by the Miami, uh, Miami Hurricanes, right?
0: Well, you know, yep. the Denver Broncos won Super Bowl with Peyton Manning that way. But Peyton Manning could barely throw over 35 yards. I
1: mean, but that was still like six play- or seven years ago, right?
0: Like, it's been a while. Yeah, it was, but <laughs> uh, apparently that's the Ravens are trying to do because like, they haven't given Lamar hardly. Like, every top quarterback you see that people talk about, they have that one receiver that everybody has to worry about. You know, like, uh, you know, Allen has DeAndre Hopkins, you know, and then, you know, like, like, Everybody has a number one guy that they can throw to, except for Lamar. Like he has Andrews, the tight end, as his number (laughs) one guy. All of the receivers, Kyler Murray has a top receiver. Everybody has like a top guy that they can go to, except for the Ravens. And at this point, it's almost it's getting to be laughable because even national media folks who don't like Lamar Jackson kind of pick up the fact like. Yeah, these guys don't come close to giving him, like, a number one receiver ever to throw to.
1: Think about this, fellas. Lamar Jackson has been uh, with the Ravens for, what is it, six years now. And in those six years with the Baltimore Ravens, even with the fact that he won an MVP in his second year, um, no, five seasons, I'm sorry, not six. He's been with the Ravens for five seasons. And even though he won an MVP in his second year, the Ravens have rolled out there for Lamar Jackson a bottom five offensive line and a bottom five in the NFL wide receiver court. Every year he has been with the organization. But yet and still, people want to say, should the organization invest in Lamar Jackson? I would argue the organization has never invested at all in Lamar Jackson. So why not just let him go? Like because they haven't shown any true like want to to invest in him, right? No, not just that.
2: I you mean, talked about how the how the games changed and how it's played now. I mean, we kind of saw this. With Kansas City, I think they were the first team to do it. The code now seems to be get a young quarterback on a rookie deal, get all the veterans around him that you can while you're not paying him, and then understand that the party's going to come to a halt when it is time to break the quarterback off something. But until then, until you have to pay them, you get every bet that, that's being shopped around. You mortgage your first-round picks. You know, mm-hmm. the Rams don't have a first-round pick this decade, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, but they but they got a Super Bowl out of it. Yeah. So I would say it's worth it. it you're damn right it's worth it. Yeah. Any fan base will take a, nine years of misery for one year of a championship. At least I would.
1: I mean, and then the Ravens uh, go out there and make uh, Roquan Smith the highest-paid linebacker yeah. in the history of the NFL. They
2: gave an off-ball linebacker 100 million and Roquan is amazing he's he's a great linebacker but that's like that's like saying with the fifth pick in the draft Joe who you picking and I'm like I really like this guard out of Notre Dame
0: yo I mean he's,
2: he's probably a top five guard as soon as he hits the league but you're going to pick him that high that's how I feel about paying Roquan that kind of money
1: yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally. I mean, it just seems to me that the the Ravens' priorities, like every other team, if they have a guy that even they believe has a, a snitch of talent at the quarterback position, if they feel they have that, they guard him with his life and they give him every resource and opportunity to make it, and yet seems like the Baltimore Ravens, a, have been way, way too. They've allowed Greg Roman. To stay around and the Greg Roman ball to, to be a part of what's happening way too long. I mean, even the 49ers didn't hold on to Greg Roman this long when he was helping out Kaepernick. It was like Greg Roman had a three year window to kind of help Cap get acclimated, and then they moved on from him. Like the Ravens have held on for Greg Roman for what, five years? Like, that's way yep. too much murder ball. That's way too much because, I mean, everybody, Hollywood Brown said it as he went out the door. He said the problem with, uh, you know, the passing game is that basically the Ravens were trying to run Madden 95 offense, you know, in a league yep. that's, that's you know, the, the, the passing game is way more advanced than, than what Greg Roman's trying to run, and that's been one of the th- big things that's, that's hampered um lamar's development you know and it's just i i don't know what the ravens are you know i don't know what they're gonna do but um to me like haven let me ask you this if you're lamar jackson and the ravens come out and try to franchise tag you and bring you back with this steaming pile of crap that they have right now um if is lamar jackson gonna play a snap next year for the ravens at this point or you think he's gonna try to force his way out
0: I wouldn't. I would try and force my way out because there's a ton of teams that would pay you what you want to make, get you, uh, and get you some advertisement deals to go. I would bounce. If, if I was Lamar, I'm out. You know, you know what? You got Huntley, Half knock yourselves out. Because, like, this reminds me of when John McCann was with the Eagles. And they never gave him a, a number one wide receiver. They gave him James Thrash.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He went to four, <laughs> a 4 FC
0: championship game. Never gave him a number one wide receiver in one year. They're like, all right, all right, all right. We get you 12. We, we get you, like, that number one wide receiver. They, they go to the Super Bowl, right? Immediately. The only Yeah, immediately go to the Super Bowl, and they give him a number one wide receiver. Hey, you know what? The Raiders need a quarterback. I'm going to leave it at that.
1: And they have Devon Adams. Oh, gosh. Don't, like, that, 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 even saying that, Haven, just gets me, like, as a, as a dyed in the wool Raiders fan, like, oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> I, I, I can at least wish, you know, but I, I do want to ask you fellas, all right, so things are about to get rolling today. Uh, we got a couple of wild card games starting today. Uh, we have the 49ers and Seahawks. Chargers and Jaguars. Um, Of course, the Jags get the home playoff game because they won the AFC South, you know, a league that's just god-awful to begin with. Um, But, Haven, uh, you know, are you believing in this whole uh, Brock Purdy thing uh, with the 49ers? Like, a lot of people are saying, like, they're the favorites in the NFC. Like do you think Brock Purdy as a as a uh, Mr. Irrelevant, the very last pick in last year's NFL draft. Do you think the Purdy magic can actually get the 49ers to the so, to the Super Bowl? No. <laughs> you ain't it. <mine>,
0: huh? <laughs> I mean, I think the first, I, I think to beat the Seahawks, yeah. And then it be over.
1: Okay, so even with all, you know, even with Kittle and with McCaffrey and with Debo, you don't think that, that that's enough for Purdy to play the, the, the Brad Johnson role and, and, and make it all the way. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Well, I got excited about it. Okay. So on the other side, let, let me ask you. Justin Herbert has been the guy that everybody's hyped up. Everybody's all American. He's got that great jawline. He's got the baby blue eyes. But he's never really got that head letters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Got the great quaff on top of his head. <laughs> like what? What did like? Who's it gonna be? Is it gonna be? Uh, you know, Herbert. Or is it going to be uh, Mr. Clemson All-American uh, All, all, all American Boy uh, for the Jaguars? So who you got in that one?
0: Oh, God. It's, you know, it's a hard getting a pick because the Jags have been living off ball time. But like their offense has kind of come alive like the past couple of games. Like like Lawrence has kind of figured things out. They, they kind of got things rolled well down there in Jacksonville. Um, and the Chargers are just like, uh, okay, both teams this is gonna be a giant pillow fight <laughs> to see to see uh who's gonna lose the next round. Uh, I'm inclined just to pick Jacksonville because they're home and I think that I think there's some magic there. Because like I picked six to win it last time was just yeah. just improbable. Uh, you know what, I'm gonna take the Jags mm. and that Jag match at home.
1: Yeah, the With Chargers coming all the people. way across. Yeah. yeah, they're coming across the country. Even, you know, West Coast team coming to the East Coast. You know, that that yeah. that as well.
0: I like that. Well, I the, mean a real poor humidity. Jimmy Jacksonville. In a in a, in the in the in a close one. Okay.
1: Okay. I like it.
0: I think the I think the real winner in today's matchup
2: between the Jags and the Chargers, Justin Herbert versus Trevor Lawrence, are, are the, the advertisers behind head and shoulders. Yeah. They Absolutely. don't bust that wait, George wait. Paul throwback, yeah. air, Come on, man. It's
1: the Paul Mitchell Bowl, baby. Look at, the, look at them boys out there right. with
0: lots of throwing. Like,
1: where's Vidal Sassoon okay. Yeah, man. They come jogging out of the tunnel with the hair just dripping. <laughs> oh, man. I'm jealous yeah two all-American quarterbacks there I tell you, you know what I'm yeah <laughs> you. statuesque man, Herbert the- six five uh what's the name um uh, what's the what's the quarterback for Trevor for- Lawrence thank you Lawrence is six six so you know you got you know you got got two statuesque you know long-haired. Quarterbacks, they gotta love it. Yeah, it's
2: two. It, they got how? How you gonna have a game with two sunshines?
1: They're just gonna have a pose down in the middle, like they're gonna have like a photo shoot, and that's gonna be who wins the toss. <laughs> yeah, if it goes into overtime,
2: if it goes into overtime, uh, they have to do a strut off. Yeah, Fucking <laughs> like in Zoolander, yeah. they don't even play football in overtime. It's just it becomes it becomes a a
1: runoff. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I like that. All right, so let me ask you, fellas, do the Ravens have any shot today with Huntley as the quarterback against the Bengals? Like, let's just get that out. No. 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 Okay. I I, I figured that won't be a quick – I don't think so either. I think the Ravens go home and the the, the drama begins for that whole situation. So the game I really want to talk about, we got a couple minutes left. Cowboys at Buccaneers. I have heard so many people this week on television, on uh, NFL Tonight, and all these other places. Everybody is picking the Buccaneers as the trendy pick. To knock off the Cowboys at home, you know, the Buccaneers get the home game because, of course, they, they won that terrible division at eight and nine. You know, they do have Tom Brady, which we know he's, you know, Old, old Man River is still holding on. Uh, but the Buccaneers have not been good this year. They, some kind of way, won the NFC South because somebody had to win that crappy division. And the Cowboys never win playoff games. So right, like Haven. Yeah. Uh, 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 no go ahead, Joe. I'll give you this one first. I'll let the, the cowboy yeah. Homer go second.
0: Yeah,
2: Haven. Don't listen to this. Um, first of all, nobody nobody who doesn't like losing money is going to bet Dallas in the playoffs. And then you have to factor in they're going up against Tom Brady in the playoffs. And do you think Tom Brady left his supermodel wife and family to lose to Dallas in the playoffs? I don't think he did. He's been mucking it up this year, playing around, but it's playoff time. As the old saying goes, you can't count out touchdown time.
1: Ooh. I get why
2: everybody's on on the bucks. It's more. It, it honestly, it says more about Dallas over the last thirty years and what they've been unable to do in the postseason than it really does about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To me, but I'm not. I I, I will never pick the Cowboys. It's going to take a decade of non-cowboy-related football for me to be
1: like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> All right, Haven, are you falling for the banana in the tailpipe once again? Or, you <laughs> know, are the Cowboys going to actually get it done today?
0: Dallas is 1-8 when they play on Natural turf. <laughs>
1: what? Where did you pull that stat out from? <laughs> I like that. My man is this out here studying grass. <laughs> That's right. This year, Dallas is one of Well, the- he pulled yeah, out the the, the the New York <laughs> mic stand right there. Hey, that is a New York mic special right there. <laughs> you got to do it with the New York accent, though, Haven. You got to be like, the Cowboys are one and eight. One and eight on natural well, see, the grass. Problem is,
0: <laughs> the problem is, if I do my New York accent, I'm going to get lost, Remember the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> because it'll it, 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 be a Brooklyn New York accent. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> Not nah, me, son. Them cats like you don't, son. Them cats like we're eight, son. Nothin' nah, and grass, son. Oh, nah, God. son. They could done. Wow,
1: man! Look the right.
0: Cowboys in the playoff game, Bump them fools. I'm a Cowboys fan, yeah, but you know me. I'm like whatever to those guys in the playoff games. <laughs> so, wow, room. no. Give me touchdown. Time, I feel like they, I don't believe. I, I
2: feel like being a Cowboys fan had had to like just prepare you for for the last decade of UFL. You know, like like wow. Haven, I feel like Cowboys fans y'all could y'all should have been the shepherds during these trying times. Been like, listen folks, come on, bring it in. Everybody, take a knee. And have a little chalk talk real quick. This is how you get through. This is how you cope. <laughs> these are your cigarettes, and this is your alcohol. Smoke them if you got them.
1: That is that is just a sad. So Haven is not falling for the banana in the tailpipe. I love it. Oh, I guess like, so. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm sorry for the Cowboy fans out there for Haven's lack of belief. I'm actually picking the Cowboys. They send Tom Brady home. They're going to get it done. Tom Brady. They're not sending Tom Brady home, Rashawn. Remember, he doesn't have a home. Oh, that's true. That's fair. He left his home. (laughs) Fellas,
2: they're going to send him
1: back to the lab. (laughs) Right, to plug himself back in. Hey, fellas, (laughs) we are getting out of here. I appreciate you, Joe (laughs) Kelly. Hey, make sure y'all check me out this afternoon. Game day 502, 21st in Germantown, 1481 South Shelby Street. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe, we out.
0: Woo!